FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey there, this is Faux Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back on Thursday with a full episode. But until then, happy Faux Monday best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, the interview on Thursday is with Julia Borston, whose new book, When Women Lead, is out, and it is a humdinger. I can't believe I just said that, but it is a really extraordinarily well-researched and written book. I have known Julia for a long time, actually, from her earliest days in New York City when she was just a baby reporter at CNBC, and now to see her taking on the world and putting out a book that is so awesome. I just was so impressed, and you know, it's I wasn't surprised, but again, it's just like, it's a great book. And so we're gonna get into that and why women's leadership styles are different and how they can be incredibly effective and why it's crazy that more female founders aren't funded. That's what we're going to talk about on Thursday. But in advance of that, you know, if you haven't noticed, I'm sure you have, we're in a recession or at least feels like it. It's getting ugly. And I don't know about you, but just like I want to spend less money. And I took some inspiration from women because I don't know if you knew this, but 58% of women look after the utility bills, according to research from policy experts, 72% manage home insurance, 60% of women looked after grocery bills. You know, oftentimes it said women hold the power of the purse at home in terms of money spending. So women are really running household budgets in, you know, in, in family budgets and things like that. And so I just was thinking about that role and then just like how we can better think about how we spend our money. So I don't know, that's a not the perfect transition, but I did want to throw out those stats because I thought they were relevant in terms of, you know, just the role of women in managing household expenses. But that does not change the point that in this crazy economic environment, I mean, it's going to get, unfortunately, potentially very ugly. It is worth thinking about how to save more money. And so I have eight ideas for you, tried and true things I've done myself to save money because, you know, the reality is like, why do you want to waste money on stuff that doesn't move the needle? That's the big thing for me is I really get frustrated because I'm not the most, let's say, tightly controlling of the old budget. Like I really sometimes, you know, will go a couple months and not look at some statements. And then I look at my credit card statement and I'm like, what the heck? Like, why did I spend money on that? And what is that thing? And so I've had to learn over the years to be a bit more let's say, structured around that sort of stuff. And then a bunch of other things. I live in New York City. There's basically a tax when you leave your house. And so I've had to learn how not to spend money on things I don't even care about. That is a superpower. And we're gonna get into it today. So I got eight tips and let's get started now. All right, let's start with number one. Number one, I just said it, but I will repeat it. Review your credit card bills. It is quite sad, I will say, when you look at your credit card bill and you see that there's been something that's been charged for the last four months, which is some weird thing that you clicked on on the internet, and then 
Or it's like something that you actually signed up for, like a second line on your cell phone bill, but you forgot about it. You needed it for one month and you forgot about it and you're paying 25 bucks a month. And that just compounds and compounds and compounds and adds up. And so what is really, what I do anyway, is I download the data into a spreadsheet every couple of months. And then I'll just look through and say, how am I spending my money? And if you find those things, you got to cancel them. And one good thing actually, and you know, credit card companies probably won't like it that I'm saying this, but if you call them up and you realize this and you say, hey, I've been paying for this thing for the last three months, a subscription, I don't even know what it is. Generally, you can have charges reversed for up to like six months. So if you find something in there you don't like, just know you can have it reversed. Now, if you wait a year, that's not going to happen. But there are so many crazy things that show up on our credit card bills. There could be, for example, this summer, I went to a restaurant. They charged me twice. And when I saw that, I was able to reverse it just with a click of a button. It's so beautiful. So that's an easy one. It's a quick one. Financial hygiene. Make sure you just, you know, it's like going to the dentist, check up every couple of months or every month if you're way more structured than me. But very good thing to do. Number two, this was one that I did years ago. I have saved so much money. Cut the cord. I remember, I remember the day I decided to cancel cable. I looked at my bill and it was like 225 bucks. Granted, that's for internet. And I had like TV Sank, the French channel, I think in there at the mix. But I just started to do the math. 225 times 12, we're talking more than $2,500 a year for television, for television. And this was in the early days of apps, actually, but I immediately sort of switched over to apps and never looked back. Of course, now you have to be nice to people and maybe you borrow a password for this or that thing that you really care about or you sign up for something like Sling or many other options that you can to do a more slimmed down version of cable. But that's the crazy thing about cable television. You're paying for all these channels you don't even care about, right? Like, Chances are you're not watching every Discovery that's on the old cable package, you know, Discovery Kids, all these other things, but you're being charged for them. So when you decouple and you cut that cord, you can just choose what you want and pay for that alone. And you will save so much money in the process. And you can then load up on the Hulus and the Amazons and Disney Pluses of the world, and you're going to end up in a better place for less money. Number three renegotiate existing bills. And this is back to the cable bill. When I moved recently, a couple of years back, I don't know what I was paying for my, let's say I was paying 80 bucks a month for my cable. Well, when I moved, I went to set up the new cable and for a faster line, it was like 60 bucks. And I remember just being so surprised, but nobody bothers to call in. Or I've had instances where I went to the T-Mobile office and they're like, oh, by the way, we have a new deal now. You can get the same service for 10 bucks cheaper. So when you think about all of those utility bills and service bills, it's worth taking a minute to call in because if you save 10, $20 a month, well, multiply it by 12, it really starts to add up pretty quickly. They're always finding ways to give more value to the customer because they don't want to lose you. Like T-Mobile and the internet people, assuming there is competition, they don't want to lose you because the cost of acquiring a customer is massive and the lifetime value of that customer is huge, right? Think about how much you're paying per year for their services. So they are willing to give you some real money back in order to make sure you don't switch because the minute you leave, it really hurts them. So there's just a ton of leverage for the consumer on that. And so take advantage of it. Even call your credit card. I've heard of people negotiating their credit card fee, you know, the annual membership fee for like an Amex basically saying, hey, I'm going to leave. 
And Amex will say, well, just for this year, then we will basically cut you in half. So there's a lot of ways to do that. It takes a couple minutes, but totally worth the time. We'll take a break and we'll be back with the rest of the eight ways to save money. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, we're back. We are talking about how to save more money. Number four, use points. So one thing I discovered, I recently traveled overseas and as I was booking, things are expensive. Like things are expensive flying these days. I don't know what the heck is going on, but I have all these credit card points because during COVID, when I didn't go anywhere, I was still buying a bunch of stuff. I was buying all this Amazon and Uber. And it's really sad when you look at your credit card bill and you realize you're basically spending all your money at Apple, Amazon, and Uber. Like, when did that happen, right? It's it's not a good feeling, actually. You just, I don't know. It, 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 it makes me a little more thoughtful about how do I spend my money? But regardless, you get all these points, what can you do with them? So I was flying to Italy and I was looking at the flights and they were really expensive and annoying. So I just basically went to the Air France website, found a flight there, actually at a very good price, transferred some points from my Amex, boom, free flight. And that is exactly the kind of stuff that I recommend doing. I use points all the time. I always get from credit cards. So I use points to pay for things because at some point you're sort of like, wow, my trip, I don't want to blow 5K on this. Why don't I use points strategically and save myself a couple thousand dollars? And, you know, you want to be smart about making sure that you're not using points when they're not very high value. But the good news is Points Guy and all these other websites will help you to do that. Now, one other thing I'll tell you is even if your points expire, do not give up. So I recently lost all my Amtrak points because I hadn't traveled in so long on an Amtrak and I then did and I realized, oh my goodness, I lost like four free 
train trips. I called them up and they reinstated them. So even if you get wiped out, go check those points that you haven't used in a while. Make sure they're still there. If they're gone, call them up, reinstate them. Cause that's literally like, I basically got like a thousand bucks put back in my pocket by Amtrak. Thank you, American taxpayer by doing that. Number five, be careful about subscriptions. Everything became a subscription the last couple of years. Everything. If I think about it, it's like any fitness stuff, obviously media, but a million other things, vitamins. I mean, Amazon's trying to get you to subscribe to everything. So like you get, you know, you try to buy some vitamins and then if you press the wrong button, all of a sudden they're showing up every month and you sort of get a little lazy. In fact, I've had friends who had businesses and one of the big advantages of the business, it wasn't that they're like their product was so great. It's that nobody bothered to ever cancel it because it was like $10 a month and they maybe didn't use it, but they just didn't get around to canceling it, which is a really interesting phenomenon, but you don't want to be that person. So just when you sign up for something, ask yourself, am I going to use that? Review the things that you are subscribed to, whether it's on your Apple account, it's like media and TV shows and stuff, or the things that are on your credit card. But just be thoughtful about that because that adds up really quickly. If you're, you know, between the cell phone and the internet and the magazines and the vitamins and the Peloton and the gym, like that adds up really quickly. And you cut a couple of those out, multiply by 12 real savings. Next, numero says sell stuff you don't need, right? So I had this friend who was a venture capitalist. She's been on the show before, Beth Ferrer. She's been on here twice. She used to sell everything she didn't need on eBay and half.com. She's a busy person, but she just sort of worked it into her day. She would sell books and all these other things and like constantly generating cash for herself rather than just throwing things away. And I remember thinking that was really smart. So I have become a man who likes to sell things on the Facebook marketplace once in a while, fact, I'm trying to sell a Peloton if anybody wants it. So, you know, just get in touch because it's not easy to sell a Peloton right now. But really, I look around my apartment and I either sell things or I donate them to charity and get a tax write-off. But just thinking about how much value you have in your home of stuff, things that are sitting around you're not even using. And obviously, you can't sell them for what you bought them for in most cases. But still, you do a little work around that and you can make some real money. As a kid, I used to basically pay for my entire life with yard sales. So, Take that attitude into how you manage your finances and just declutter and make some money off the stuff you don't want. All right, we have a couple more. We'll be right back after this break. FOMO. FOMO. All right, number seven. I love this one because it's me. Cook. I really didn't cook before the pandemic. I couldn't cook very much. I was a prolific heater up of veggie burgers, pour of cereals, opener of soup cans, boiler of water. Maybe I would make a tuna casserole out of a box or something. I didn't cook. And then I learned because I just got sick of ordering it every night. And I have to say, number one, cheaper. Because if you make a bunch of stuff, you can then eat it multiple times if you have leftovers. Second, way healthier. And I just have to tell you nowadays, like, yeah, I love to eat out. Don't get me wrong. But when I go out and I spend a bunch of money on some meal that is, you know, it's pretty good, but it's unhealthy and I don't feel that great. And I'm like, wow, like I should have just cooked. You can invite people over, you can have a dinner party, but cooking is fantastic. And what I love to do actually is cook something on the weekend, like make a salad or a soup or some other dish, and then basically eat it through the week and have leftovers. Leftovers are so tasty. Things just taste better the second time around. 
And so I have become much more interested in cooking and it just has so much value. And then you can go out once in a while, of course, you can still eat out, but it's just incredible to me how I used to really, my default mode was order out or eat out. And now I'm just not interested and things just taste better. As long as you learn how to cook, you can save money, be healthy and have delicious meals all at the same time. Final one, number eight, have a reason to do this. So saving, obviously, some people just love to save. Like I grew up in a culture in New England where people just love to save. Like you say to somebody, oh, that's a very nice sweater you're wearing. And they say, well, guess what? I got it at TJ Maxx for eight bucks, original price, 99. That's like a thing that people do in New England. We're frugal that way. But for the rest of us who don't necessarily think that way, if you have a raison d'etre, it's like I am cutting back because I want to go on a trip. I want to invest in something. I want to build a business. Like, what is the reason for this? Why am I subjecting myself to this pain, to this extra work of cutting back? Well, it's because I can see the benefit on the other side. So having a clear reason you want to do that, it makes it so much easier. It's like, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why. If you have the why, then you're willing to put in the work. So that is it, everybody. As a review, the eight ways to save more money, review your credit card bills, cut the cord, negotiate existing bills, use points, be careful of subscriptions, sell stuff you don't need, cook, and set an intention, have a reason. If you do all those things, you're going to be, you're going to have so much money, I don't even know what you're going to do with it. You're going to, I hope you just use it to build things and buy things you want and go out and just make your life a little bit better. All right, we will be back on Thursday with Julia Borston. Great conversation with her. You're going to love it. So until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.